Chapter 32, A Burning Scent in the Vents And so this is where it begins, said Cicero, the darkest night of our soul. Mysterious this creature was, an odd fellow to trust, but after I witnessed humans torture and abandon their own kind, all these animals seemed far more just. I'd give him the benefit of the doubt because he was leading our pack, so both the kitten and I followed him down the hallway until it became dense and pitch black. No lights in this hall, just darkness all the way through before we reached an assortment of miscellaneous steel, tables, and tools abandoned at the very end. These cells were empty, and it was clear that Cicero claimed this area as his home. He climbed up the rods leaning against the wall and jumped onto the pipes to hop inside the ceiling vent hanging overhead. This is where they conjure the heat. We'll call it our central station, said Cicero. If anything goes wrong, we all meet here. Got it? Heat. Why was the heat so important? I was starting to question my belief in our commander, but he hasn't let us down yet. Stay positive. Stay smart. There's a fundamental rule to following, and it's the same with any duty. You look them in the eyes. I was caught in Cicero's gaze when I heard his voice speak. Follow to learn. Rise when you are ready and trust in your teacher. Cicero hadn't opened his muzzle, and yet I heard his voice again. Once we make it hotter, the dark night gets warmer. That's the beginning of the end. T. Hammond reached forward on her tiptoes to reach our hand inside the vent. A current of heat was flowing inside, but why did it matter? Well, it sure feels like an inferno in here. Are you sure you're feeling all right? It keeps getting colder every night. There's something strange happening with our moon, said Cicero. Opossums are nocturnal. We live by the Silver Mother, and lately she's been getting a bit more bitter. Trust me, I know what I'm doing and we're going to need an offering. Right now she needs sandalwood and fire. He jumped down from his hiding spot and landed beside the kitten. We'll need to gather supplies. Now tell us, human, where do they keep it? Asked Cicero. Oh, I know the way, said the kitten. Sometimes it's nice to follow others when we let go and allow life to show us the way. My neurosis to be in charge was becoming more apparent, and now I watched the kitten successfully lead us toward the back closet of cat food. But after a definitive search, there was nothing worthwhile to burn. We passed by the prisoners, and it was quite obvious no one was doing well. T. Hammond was quick to frolic back into the control room, away from the madness and the dread. It's like a war zone out there, said Cicero. How much time do we have left? The clock said 5.45 a.m. Goodness, my shift starts in 15 minutes. Where did the time go? Cicero's pacing on his hind legs. A paw was on his chin, rubbing his fur while the kitten settled in. It's all part of the master plan. We're right on time, said Cicero. Everything is unfolding just as the mother said it would. Tonight's a new moon, and she'll be as dark as she'll ever be. All you have to do is survive until you die, and then we're free. The kitten had been the focal point beside the giant mushroom button. It was under the glass case while the kitten continued to paw at it. The button would devastate our camp. It could release all the prisoners, but with 15 minutes, we were as good as dead. I looked up at the clock. Oh goodness, what do we do? The mother needs her flame, because when she's at her darkest, she'll send a signal for us to burn something bright said Cicero. Now what can we light? The room had nothing but buttons, drugs, and screens. A light flickered above the bag of quality drugs while the kitten leapt at it. Not quite, said Cicero. The ultimate illumination requires purity. Cicero leapt onto the cabinet to sniff along the edge. Over here, I opened the door and found various bags with fine incense inside. Sandalwood, frankincense, dragon's blood, and myrrh. This will make a fine offering, said Cicero. The clock was ticking. Someone would be here any minute, and so I took off with the bags of incense and sprinted down the hallway to Cicero's central station. The opossum was shivering, the poor creature was suffering, and so I ripped open three bags and used T. Hammond's hand to arrange the cones, wood, and powders inside the vent. It won't work without a flame, said Cicero. We'll need some fire to bring the plan to life. Two flint stones appeared in my hands. I smashed them together and a spark came to light. 
Once I got the first flame, it held on and spread before smoke began to billow inside the metal vents. A cloud was heading downstream and pumping into the holes. It was far hotter than before when Cicero climbed back inside the vents just ahead of the offering. The kitten should stay here in Central Station, but come check on us from time to time. Oh, and one more thing. I need to remind you about the rule. The Moon City could do anything you want, as long as you don't harm a soul. I stared at him as the flames and smoke were pouring out of the vent. Did you hear me? said Cicero. It was the smell that was changing the state of my mind. This opossum was not just an animal. He was my guru and guide. Don't hurt anyone, said Cicero. The way forward is nonviolence. I bowed. Jogging back towards the control room, I left my animal friends and waited for the next minute while I tried to make sense of what was happening. Oh, wait, those prisoners. A moment of clarity peeked inside my skull and I realized the whole night had passed. It was morning. And why hadn't I pressed the release button yet? It was all that was left to do. Hammond began maneuvering our body around the desk, but as we reached for the button, the door opened and my comrade stepped into view. Morning, said Reynolds. You're here early. 